lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show live and on demand. But let's face it, not really all that much in demand around here. They just kind of put up with us here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace, Totters, and Aaron McIntyre. They're here with me as well. If you would like to join us today, 888-900-3393 is the number. You can also email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace and check out our new YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Steve Dace as well. And don't forget pre-sales for my new book, the novella sequel to a nefarious plot, a nefarious carol. So I previously wrote my own little homage to the screw tape letters and now I write a little homage to another one of my all-time favorite stories, A Christmas Carol with a nefarious carol. I got a phenomenal endorsement yesterday. Uh, from Glenn Beck, and I think he might have actually read the book. So it wasn't just like, yeah, I'll give the kids something. Yeah. <laughs> I think he actually read it. This wasn't like Donald Trump this time where you just wrote yes, it right, yourself? Yes, right, ghost wrote my endorsement for him. I, I know you love that story and that's like to great. bring it up. every. It, is, is there anything more on brand than that no, from Trump? No, it's perfect. I don't have time to read it. I, I want your support. Just tell me what it needs to say, and if I like it, I'll go with it. Fair enough. That's that's as on-brand transactional as it gets, right? Yes. And that's that's Don. That's that's Donald J. Trump. That's He's on brand. Also, actually taking the time to not give me an endorsement until he read it himself is about as yes. on-brand as Glenn Beck gets. Okay. So there you go. So pre-sales are underway right now at amazon.com and you can go there and order your copy to make sure you get it when it comes out just in time for Christmas and the Farious Carol on December the 15th. Typical Wednesday festivities here are Weekly Prophet of Woe and Lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be joining us here towards the end of the program. We're going to have a ton of fun playing Buy, Seller, Hold. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by more peace in the Middle East. President Trump, together with the leaders of Israel, Bahrain, and the United Arab Emirates, joined together at the White House yesterday to sign an historic peace agreement and normalization of relationships between the latter three. For generations, the people of the Middle East have been held back by old conflicts, hostilities. These agreements prove that the nations of the region are breaking free from the failed approaches of the past. Today's signing sets history on a new course. Today the world sees that they're choosing cooperation over conflict, friendship over enmity, prosperity over poverty, and hope over despair. President Trump also had a town hall in Philadelphia last night hosted by ABC News. Why did you throw vulnerable people like me under the bus? Why don't you wear a mask more often? Please stop and let me finish my question, sir. Why would you downplay a pandemic that is known to disproportionately harm low-income families and minority communities? Why don't you support a mandate for national mask wearing? Meanwhile, Joe Biden was in Florida. If you were a quartermaster, you can sure and help take care of running a you know department store uh, thing you know, where and the second floor of the ladies' department or whatever, you know what I mean? This isn't happening. This, this isn't real. No, it's, it's happening. He also said this. There are going to be no deportations in the first 100 days of my campaign. Let me get that right. You are going to 
freeze deportations. Freeze deportations for the first hundred days. And like his running mate a few days ago, he said the quiet part out loud. Harris-Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort and keep pushing further to make it easier for military spouses and veterans to find meaningful careers. Back to the ongoing attempted hot coup outside of Trump's town hall in Philadelphia last night. Trump supporters and the leftist mob clashed. F***ing racist, We do not win if we sit back and we wait for November. We do not win if we rely on an election that this regime is telling you they will not respect. In Rochester, New York, leftist agitators lowered the state and U.S. flags in front of City Hall and replaced them with a rainbow flag and a Black Lives Matter flag. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Black Lives Matter terrorists surrounded the home of a man with a Donald Trump flag in his front yard. Inside his home, the man brandished a rifle. The man was reportedly arrested for doing so. A leaked email from the Department of Homeland Security and obtained by CBS News's Catherine Herridge, Homeland Security knew back on July 25th that the ongoing riots in Portland had crossed a line from quote-unquote opportunistic to organized. Ryan Murphy, the former acting undersecretary of intelligence and analysis at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, says in the email, quote, we can't say any longer that this violent situation is opportunistic. Additionally, we have overwhelming intelligence regarding the ideologies driving individuals towards violence and why the violence has continued. A core set of threat actors are organized and show up night after night and share common tactics, techniques, and procedures. Threat actors who are motivated by anarchists or Antifa or a combination of both ideologies to carry out acts of violence against state, local, and federal authorities. Coronavirus news. The Big Ten Conference will be resuming football this fall. After all, this follows the announcement the league made back in early August that they're postponing the season out of fears for coronavirus. Tucker Carlson of Fox News interviewed former Chinese virologist turned whistleblower Dr. Li Meng yesterday. Dr. Li Meng claims she was one of the first to study COVID-19 in China and was subsequently forced to flee the country after repeatedly warning her superiors and then being warned to keep quiet by them about human-to-human transmission of the virus. Now she's making another claim. COVID-19 SARS-CoV-2 virus actually is not from nature. It is a man-made virus created in the lab based on the China military discovered and owned the very unique bad coronavirus, which cannot affect people, but after the modification, becomes a very harmful virus. Apparently, the pandemic and subsequent long, ongoing response by the state of California was the final straw for the conservative media powerhouse Daily Wire to move their headquarters. The company announced yesterday it's moving from Los Angeles, California to Nashville, Tennessee. And finally, method acting with Nancy Pelosi. And when it comes to the coronavirus, they have contempt for science. That's why we are almost 200,000 people who will lose their lives by the end of this week. 200,000 people. Look at me, I'm an actor. <laughs> an actor for crying out loud. And that's what happened while we were away. I believe the phrase there, is it crisis actor? 
Uh, is that is, is that uh, what Marxists use in moments like this, what, what are called crisis actors? Anyway, Aaron's montage is brought to you by ExpressVPN. There's probably never been a more important time for you to have a product like this than right now. Uh, because we have uh, whether it's social media companies deciding what you get to say, what you get to see, and then um, the efforts to go after your identity online with cybercrime, and then on top of that, how much we are spending our time online these days. Never been more important for you to protect your data with ExpressVPN. Um, uh, when you use ExpressVPN, tech companies cannot see your IP, IP address at all. Your identity is masked, anonymized by a secure VPN server. I'm using ExpressVPN on my laptop and my phone that I've got right here with me in the studio right now. Plus, ExpressVPN encrypt, encrypts 100% of your data to protect you from hackers and internet bad guys. They don't even have access to it, so they couldn't sell it even if they wanted to. All right. Uh, and it's not complicated. Uh, the software takes just about a minute or so to uh, upload on your computer or device and you tap one button and you're good to go. So why let these tech companies uh, give them a free license to know everything about you? You know, the ones that are against you uh, and then turn around and sell off your information while they're censoring you and what you can see at the exact same time. Take back your privacy with expressvpn.com slash Steve. That's expressvpn.com slash Steve. Uh, you can find out by visiting that link how to get three extra months for free at expressvpn.com slash Steve. Uh, today... Dr. Redfield over at CDC is testifying before Congress on the, maj the majesty of masks. In the overtime today, we're going to take a look at the mask, right? Yeah. yeah it, 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 some interesting data connections that are being made by our new friends over at Rational Ground. Now, what is Rational Ground? You guys keep asking me, hey, who are some of these independent researchers that you keep talking about? Where can I find them? Well, you can find them all right now at Rational Ground. That's the website you want to go to, Rational Ground. Our good friend Daniel Horowitz is behind this. He talked about it last week. All right. We're going to get into some of the data that they have found on masks and their true worthiness. That's coming up today in the overtime. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can go. Yesterday's was free. Today's will not be. This one will be exclusively for our Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash days. Go there, get $10 off a Blaze TV subscription right now at blazetv.com slash days. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. That's also where you're going to be able to go later today after we post it on that site. All right, let's get to the montage. In, in any other election environment, I would just come right out with an assertive analysis. But I'm, I'm not confident <laughs> because of the environment we're in. So instead of giving an assertive analysis, I'm going to ask a question. How does it serve Trump's reelect to go and talk to an untrustworthy outlet that almost no one who would ever contemplate voting for him watches, pays attention to, considers credible? And allow himself to be just talked down to and taken questions from fake uncommitted voters that are all asking questions from a Bernie Sanders premise. Okay? Any other election environment, I would have opened the show today by firing the entire campaign team. Okay? You're all fired. 
You guys all suck at this. Whoever's master plan was, I want their names so that I know any candidate I want to support in the future, whom not to hire, right? That would be what I would say in any other environment. But, but, it is 2020. So I'm not going to be as confident in that assertive analysis. So I'm just going to frame it as a question. Who would like to take their first stab at answering this one for me? There's a potential win in this. Now, I agree with you entirely, okay. but but if it, I this is all I know of what happened. If if Donald Trump comes across as the grown-up in the room amongst a bunch of crazy Karens in a society that is absolutely exhausted by that, that's when more people are now starting to pay attention to the the political game. It's put, I'm not saying it was a win. I need to look into it more, but it is potentially a win. Okay. I'm not going to, I don't know. And I'm basing this know. on what anecdotal evidence of what people are. I don't know. I, I, I know what they're thinking, I think, which is let's put him up there and have him look virile and, you know, alert. And he's willing to take on all comers yeah. while, you know, George, Joe Biden isn't, isn't yes. sure, you know, who's at the top of his own ticket. And, you know, he's fighting a locust invasion on his face. OK, and, and, and I'm performing so poorly with Hispanics right now. That's what that really means, by the way. OK. The whole we're not deporting anybody for 100 days, it shows you, it, that shows you internally they're underperforming with Hispanic voters. Here's why that messaging won't help him, though. Any Hispanic voter that would respond to that messaging, he already has that voter. That won't help him. Any Hispanic voter that is going to respond to, hey, they're not going to deport my aunt or uncle who comes here for seasonal war, you know what I'm saying? Any, or, or my kid who's a dreamer. Any Hispanic voter who responds to that messaging, he already had that voter. So, so I, that, it, it, that messaging doesn't help him. He's, he's already got that guy or gal. But it does show that they're weak it does show internally that their Hispanic numbers are weak. And we have seen in a lot of even the public polling that we called BS on yesterday, we have seen a consistent thread that he is weak and underperforming with Hispanic voters. So I get what Biden is trying to do. I just don't think it works. Okay. Because anybody that responded to that message, there's, there's nobody, there's not a, there's not a, you know what, uh, Steve Dace, second generation Sicilian American. I will now speak for all 13% of Americans who identify as Hispanic. <laughs> All right. Nobody got up this morning who's Hispanic and thought, you know, I really didn't know that Joe Biden was uh, for open borders, but God, yeah, I'm, I'm it. That voter doesn't exist, right? We've played this kind of game for the last few years on who is the voter that this message reaches. Give me the composite of this voter. Okay. Um, th that voter doesn't exist. Just like the whole Ukraine. We did this with Ukraine. There is no one that's getting up on election day that was like, you know, I was going to vote for Trump's reelect. And then he had a really questionable 22 minute phone call with the Ukraine, which I can't spot on a map, by the way. Does that voter exist? No, that voter does not exist. OK, I don't believe the voter that Joe Biden is trying to reach exists either. I don't believe that voter exists. So I understand what the what their strategy probably was. But. To take every single question because you're not, you have to understand who your candidate is. And this is not a judgment, but an observation. 
you're not dealing with a Ted Cruz kind of a conservative intellectual here. Who I would eagerly put him in that environment just to watch him turn their... In fact, I know Ted Cruz is more comfortable in that environment than he is doing hand-to-hand personality-driven combat. That's Donald Trump's MO. Ted Cruz doesn't want anything to do with that. Okay, That's not who he is. Ted Cruz got into this for environments like what we saw last night. To walk in there and just lay down ordinates on these sheeple and turn it around on them and, and just light a cigarette or a cigar afterwards. That's what Ted Cruz is wired to do. I don't believe Donald Trump is wired to do that. Donald Trump is wired to pull Joe Biden's pants down on a national debate stage and say, Uncle Joe. I mean, I was going to mock you as slow Joe, but I kind of feel bad for you. That, see what I mean? Yeah. That's what Donald Trump's wired to do. But I don't know. I don't I, believe he's wired to sit in there for an hour and a half on national TV and take a bunch of questions that are intellectually from the opposing premise. But I've been on Twitter all morning. I haven't seen the big moment being manipulated by the press on this that they're trying to hang okay. them with. I, okay. I, I don't, That's again why I said I don't have an assertive analysis on this. I, I don't know. If they, if they have the polling that you talk about often, that is the kind of polling that they have that's better than anybody else has, if it's saying that people are just exhausted and ready to move on and they want some good old uh, America, baby. Okay. I don't know. Uh, you could be exactly right. You know me. If I know I'm right, I won't ask you what you, you think. I'll it, just say what I think. Don't you okay? find it hard I don't to believe know. at this point in the morning we don't have the big, look what Trump said. That, that's a great point that you just made. That we didn't wake up this morning yeah. to something trending. You didn't drop a one Mexican judge. Right. Or, I've been and, on Twitter she's all bleeding, morning. She's bleeding out of her whatever. Right. right. If he had done that, that would have been the number one story. It would have been like, what's a coronavirus, right? That would have been the number one right. story in the world. Okay. I think okay, t- I, I'll buy that. Todd okay. might be on to something, yeah. especially with the juxtaposition of signing the peace deal, taking just ridiculously loaded and one-sided questions, which are baked into the cake in any election, but ridiculous, just loaded questions combined with, you know, quartermaster master at a department store, the, the women's clothing department, you know? That's, I mean, the juxtaposition of those two things with, okay. with Joe Biden is... All right, I'll just let it go then. All right. Cool. Smart move not to come out with an assertive analysis and just ask an open-ended question. Uh, I am assertive, though, on the Biden analysis. That level of pandering is indicative of soft support with a key voting block. Um, Let's talk about the Big Ten situation. Because I'm going to tell you right now, mark it down. I don't know what the Greenwich mean time is, but I know it is 1218 Eastern time on September 16th. 16th. Thank you. Mark it down. The Pac-12 is going to begin its college football season on October the 24th as well. Mark it down. And Erzin, I will fight you on this one. Okay? Because we're going to watch now. You're going to see a replay of what happened back in May. When the politics gets out of the way, the market forces are at play. As long as they can politicize things, they can, they can keep the market pushed down until the politics reverses on them. And then they have to respond to the new political environment. The Big Ten, and if you, I had a chance today to listen to the whole thing. I was working out, getting ready to come into work. So I heard the entire press conference live. 
extremely impressive press conference. I mean, now now these sounded like PhDs, university presidents, people of accomplishment and merit. And they had their ducks in a row. I mean, the messaging was on point, which only shows you the original. Now that you know what they're capable of, when they have to produce. Now that you know what they're capable of when they have to produce, it only makes the way that they canceled the season on August 11th confirm even more. That was some straight up political horse bucky right there. Straight up, man. Straight up. Okay? It's like when your kid comes home and says, on these algebra tests, I don't get it. And you're doing all the work for him so he doesn't fail, right? Not that we have any experience in that in our house. Of course, not me doing the algebra. She is. I can't do math. You guys know that. I just know I can do your math. I just can't do math. <laughs> All right. So Amy's doing the math. But then, then a month later, when like Amy's not available to do the math, has to do it himself, comes home and says, oh man, I got to be on that algebra test. Oh, really? Really? She really don't need mom to walk you through this every single time. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Because you've just shown me now that you can do this. Again, not saying that I've got some personal experience with this in my house, but okay. Similarly, if you watch what the Big Ten did today, man, dude, it was, I mean, it, it, it was a public relations clinic, clinic. They didn't even spend time going back to the past. You know, we want to, we want to move forward and we're anxious and excited to do this. You know, they did what I urged them to do three weeks ago in Sports Illustrated. Use the advances that have come up uh, and been more plentiful since August 11th in rapid testing. Use that as your MO to save face. Now, they could have used that four weeks ago, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and last week. Okay? It ain't like this rapid testing just became available to them 48 hours ago. It's been available to them for quite some time. Okay? But use it to your benefit as the rationale to save face. Okay? They did all. They did it all, man. They came up with a clever thing for their schedule. I mean, they. I mean, they just checked every box. They nailed it. Stuck the landing. Which tells you that what they did back on August 11th wasn't made for any reasons that had anything to do with thoroughness, research, professionalism. Just some straight up, straight up political horse pucky. Straight up. And what happened is, is the political ground shrank beneath their feet. When the other leagues went on to play, seeing Notre Dame play in their own footprint, an elite university that they have tried to woo not once but twice into their fold in the last 20 years, unsuccessfully. High school teams playing in several of the states in their footprint. The situation became untenable. Coaches speaking out. Players speaking out, media people speaking out, players' families speaking out, lawsuits, state attorneys generals threatening legal action. All right, hey, you know you're not. You think you can negotiate and navigate the discovery process in the Lancaster County, Nebraska court? Try navigating the discovery hey. process with the state attorneys generals at Nebraska and the state of Ohio. Try that one then. Okay, where those guys have every election incentive. They're thinking, dude, this is my path to being the governor of Nebraska, the governor of Ohio, the senator from Nebraska, the senator from Ohio. I'm the I'm going to stick the I'm going to stick the fork right in the Big Ten pig right here in in broad daylight. This is going to make my career. But this isn't helping your case right now. Let me finish. Okay. Okay. The the politics of this 
cornered them. And they had no choice but to do this. They lost this argument four weeks ago. It was just a matter of how much more political damage did they want to take before the butthurt gave way, their own egos gave way to the reality of the situation. Even yesterday, your school president was in front of the United oh, States know. Senate. Until we're 100% certain that it's safe again to play, we're never coming back. Until we are the next day. All right. I mean, just straight up political BS. Yep. Okay. And so what today was all about was the people won the argument. I mean, you took the Big Ten to people's court and you whooped that ass. That's what happened. Well, now the Pac-12 is in this situation. It has an untenable position. It, it, can't, with, it can't defend this position. Its own conference announced its rapid testing program two weeks ago. It's actually announced its rapid testing program ahead of the Big Ten. It's now its players are now beginning to speak out. There was an NFL game that occurred in California. Despite the fires and everything else, right there in Southern California on national television on Sunday. Listen to I listened to some sports talk radio this morning. And it's just so funny how people's opinions on these things change when they think it's safe. Yep. Okay. Oh, it's nauseating. Okay. Suddenly, it ain't funny. It's suddenly, not. it was now like, what is Gavin Newsom doing? Well, he's just letting the pros play because he can tax them, and the poor college kids are caught in the middle. They'll be playing on October 24th. And I'm going to take you back to May of this year. On a Sunday morning, Gavin Newsom, the California governor, went on Jake Tapper's show and said, we ain't, we, we're literally not. We're not leaving our homes, opening schools. California doesn't exist ever again without a vaccine. Shortly before that, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, said, hey, we're open for sports. If your state's not open, bring your team here. Shortly after that, the governor of Arizona said, we are opening for sports the next weekend. Shortly after that, the governor of Texas said, we are opening for sports the end of the month. Eight days later, Eight days after going Nikita Khrushchev at the UN, man, taking his shoe off and pounding the lectern with pride on Jake Tapper's show. We're proud. We're proud to shut down here in California. Gavin Newsom stood up at a press conference and said, we are going to be opening our state up for sports. Why? Because once the, once the politics gets out of the way, the market forces are at play. Politically, his situation was untenable. The NFL would have just moved the Rams to Texas for the year. So I find you're the San Antonio Rams then. We're gonna we're not we're not walking away from fifty billion dollars because of the California governor, guys. I mean, the NFL may love the virtue signaling that it did on on social justice last weekend, but look at the way the NFL has behaved this entire time. Having the draft on time, told teams, don't bitch, don't moan. If you get in the way, we'll penalize you. Don't get in the way of the gravy train. We're starting the season on time. No, you're not. And just to show you they were serious about it, they scheduled divisional games the first two weeks. The most important, some of the most important games of the season, just to show you, yeah, we're playing. Yeah, there's no, we're, we're, no way we're giving up this gravy train. No way. Not unless we're seeing people die airborne in the street, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar like in the stand, bring out your dead, waving, waving, waving the, uh, uh, you know, waving the, the, the incense. Not happening. We're playing. 
And the states of Cal- the state of California and Gavin Newsom are in that exact same position now. They're in an untenable position. And that's why they're going to play on October the 24th with the Big Ten. And all the Power Five conferences are going to play. You're going to watch the market forces come to play now. You're going to watch these athletes now. You're going to see stuff on sports and are like, I mean, look at the, these, these are, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about social justice these days. And these, here we are with some black athletes that need an opportunity and an education to better their pro careers. Why is that being denied to them? Why is it safe for the Rams to play? Why is it safe for the Chargers to play, but it's not safe for USC and UCLA to play? They're going to play on October 24th, mark it down. The odds are vastly better that that'll happen than they were yesterday, but it's not a lock and it's not a lock because of what you said yesterday about why would you live there? It's not the Midwest. You have got to acknowledge there's a level I of agree. crazy there that will look in the face That's why of the untenable and agree. still say. So, I agree. I agree. I agree. But now, now, now their own people are telling them it's untenable. But it's not even close to the level that was happening in the Midwest in Big Ten I, land, and no it's going to have to get there, or at least close to it. For the, the, I mean, the, that Somewhat. place is. We've been on what day? What of total disaster in Portland? We had a fake country in Seattle. Uh, uh, California is on fire and passing legislation to go. Uh, you're not. You, you're not guilty if you uh, engage in uh, sex acts with underage gay uh, children. So. Uh, I, their mind is in a different place. I agree. I agree. But you're far but, but closer they're now, to being right. But, than, they're, but they're now cornered in a place that they weren't 24 true. hours ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll come back and play Buy, Sell, or Hold next. I couldn't believe it. We were being evicted from our home that we did not sell. That's what Deborah said when she learned she was the victim of home title fraud. That's a devastating crime that can cost you your home. And title fraud is not, repeat, not covered by common or covered by your homeowner's insurance. The only folks that you know you can trust for sure to protect your home's title is Home Title Lock. Cyber thieves have discovered that our titles to our homes are kept online these days. So they forge your name on your deed stating you sold your home and refile themselves as the new owner. And in Deborah's case, she didn't even know she was a victim until the eviction notice arrived. But Home Title Lock, they'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect any tampering at all, they will mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. Then use code STEVE to get 30 free days of protection. That's promo code STEVE for 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Let's get to it. One of our favorite segments each week. Buy, sell, or hold. Aaron, with some help from those of you in the audience on a cornucopia of topics. We'll throw a series of predictions or prophecies, uh, you and I's way, analyses, Todd. You and I will decide. Are we going to buy that? Are we going to sell that? And because it is 2020 and everything's uncertain, we're given an unlimited amount of holds because there's a lot of things that we just don't know. Aaron. All righty then, we will start with Media Whistleblower, who says even if mask mandates eventually sunset, at least 15% of the U.S. population will continue wearing masks in perpetuity. Bye. Sell. I don't think it'll be perpetuity. And I don't think it'll be that high. Sell. 
Well, I, I mean, do you, I mean, do you think we're going to implode as a culture in the next couple of years? Then okay, then, then perpetuity is a couple of years. But no, I I, I don't believe that's the case. We I'm have gonna sell. Well, we have imploded as a culture. I mean, it it happened. I mean, I mean, like, uh, bring out your dead, desolate wasteland is what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, people are broken. I did. Having seen all the people wearing them outside right now, 15%, that doesn't seem like too high a number. I think there's just, for the foresee, I mean, per, per, yeah, I'll buy it. Uh, no, I'm going to sell. It won't be that high. Will you see one every, a year from now or so? Will you see somebody every now and then? Probably. Um, maybe will you see someone everywhere you go a year from now? Yeah. Do I think it will be 15% of people? I don't even think it'll be that high a year from now, let alone into perpetuity. I don't. Next up, Sven Lucas says, if elected, Vice President Kamala Harris will lead a charge to remove Joe Biden, 25th Amendment perhaps, before the midterms in order to become president herself. Will she be leading the charge? No. So. so that's not going to happen. No. Ryan Ben says, neither the 49ers nor the Buccaneers will make the playoffs after starting 0-1. Uh, sell. Mm, sell. If you said... One of those won't. I could buy. Yeah, that. I could but buy. Both, One of them won't. But both. Bit... I, I agree. I think. I think the 49ers, Remember, they were four and twelve in twenty eighteen, and then went twelve and four. Now a lot of that, or four, or was it thirteen and three? A lot of that was Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. I get that. Okay, but um, that division's improved. Yet you see Arizona already had some offensive firepower, then brought in arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL to add to it. Um, Seattle has a top five quarterback in Russell Wilson. Seattle has a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback. And when you have those two things together, sometimes it doesn't even matter who the other 52 guys on your team team happen to be. If they're just serviceable, given the parity in the NFL, you're good every single year. Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Well, that's not even with the Hall of Fame coach. That's just with the quarterback. Yes. Um, I think when you look at um, Tom Brady, first game, new players, Mike Evans, their main receiver was hurt. They also played on the road against arguably the best team in the National Football League, certainly one of the best teams in their own conference. Uh, No, I'm I'm much more confident, by the way. I was on the under the win total on the 49ers anyway for the season. So um, I'm much more confident that the Buccaneers will bounce back. Next up, over Looney Tunes window says the Biden campaign is in a catch-22. Polls are shifting, so he needs to get out and campaign. The polls are shifting because he's out campaigning. (laughs) Completely agree. This is great analysis. Remember a few weeks ago before the conventions, I said, you know what what the Trump campaign needs to do right now and needs to accomplish in this convention is they got to come out of this convention and, and and there needs to be a perception that the ground has shifted at least somewhat, to get Biden out of the basement. Remember we had that conversation? That They have to do this in stages. Okay, you got to get Biden out of the basement. These lockdowns have given him an excuse to not go out there and and put the dementia on parade every day, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys have ever had somebody going senile in your family or dementia in your family or Alzheimer's in your family. Long, grueling days of engagement aren't exactly great for that process. Now, repetition can be, meaning like, okay, Thursday's church day, Wednesday's church day, Thursday's the sewing club, Friday, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That repetition helps them keep sharp. But you're not doing repetition on a campaign trail. Hey, today we're in West Virginia. Tomorrow, I don't, where, where are we going tomorrow? You see, well, hey, got some overnights. 
We're dying with Hispanics. Got to go to the Hispanic caucus in D.C. and give us, you know what I'm saying? You don't get to do that in a campaign. You have to respond, well, unless you're Hillary Clinton and just decide I don't have to go to Wisconsin and lose, right? But pretty much people have to respond dynamically to what's happening in that moment. And that's not good when you're already in a diminished state mentally. The wear and tear of that, then you throw in the heat of the summer. He got to avoid pretty much all of that. And so the, I said a few weeks ago, the first thing the Trump campaign has to do is get him out of the basement. That was phase one. Phase two was then once he's out of the basement and shows everybody when they're now paying attention, the dementia on parade is now the race is narrowed enough that he can't afford to not show up to at least the first debate. Because if he was up by eight or nine, he was still going to get blowback for not showing up for the first debate. He would lose some people. But you can absorb a cushion of that loss with that kind of a lead, right? Can you absorb that cushion of a loss with a two, three, or four point lead? Nope, you can't. So he's got to show. So this is, this is trending in the way that it needed to trend for Trump to win. That doesn't mean that he ultimately will. But it's trending in the way that it needed to for him to get to the outcome that he wanted. It's a little bit like in a football game. You know, it's the it's you're still you still may be behind seven to three or something in the second quarter. But it you you know, it, the other team's quarterbacks having a bad day. You can already see that you can consistently get pressure on him, right? So you know that they're not putting up 24, 28 points on you in this game. So you can see that this is kind of becoming the game it needs to be for you to win it at the end. Doesn't mean you're gonna win it at the end. But it means it's becoming the kind of game that it needs to needs to be established for you to be able to win it. And that was my point earlier about why it could be a winning move for Trump to appear in front of a group of neurotic progressives answering questions. You know, it them being out and saying what they really think is to a lot of moderates. And you diagnosed yesterday. There's no not moderates. Um, independents. You said, obviously, this polling mm-hmm. is bunk. There's a lot more than they're out there. Right. You know, if it 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 may very well work. The, cra- the crazy is just utterly crazy right now. And those are the voters, by the way, they're going to be the most impacted by Biden's mental state. Because just as I said earlier, Biden already has the vote of every single Hispanic voter in America that's going to respond to border pandering. He already has all those votes. Those people are never, those people weren't ever up for grabs, right? There's not a Hispanic and a voter, a registered voter in America who's like, wow, I, I didn't know Joe Biden was softer on immigration than, than Donald Trump. And I want my loved ones to come across the border. So I, I, thanks for telling me, you know, in the middle of September, after five damn years of, of Trump's kvetching on the border, right? I didn't know that voter doesn't exist. Okay. Um, similarly, if, if you already weren't willing to vote for Donald Trump, that's already baked into the formula of every cake of every poll. So the dementia issue only hurts Biden at this point. Because he's already received the he's already it's already assumed in real data that he has the vote of people willing to overlook that because they they view Trump as a continued um, standard bearer for the country as untenable. So this issue is a loss leader on site. It's just a matter of how much of a loss it is, okay? Now, some of you are going to say, well, Steve, you said a few weeks ago that Trump couldn't win the, uh, win the election on that. A few weeks ago, he could not. 
He could not. What was his vision for the country? We're going to stay locked down, not locked down. Lockdowns are bad, but I can't, I can't open this up. We can't. He was all over the place. He had to reestablish. What did I say he had to do? He had to reestablish himself as a credible leader yeah. beyond his own base. I, I believe he's done that the last few weeks. And that's my point. Now they're all over the place. Yes. His opponent is. Yes. The people asking questions are. He's back on message for the yes. most part. All right. The economic news was fantastic in, in, earlier this month. All right. Things are bouncing back much faster than people thought. All right. Now we're going to get now. Now he's he how much he gets the win of, for Big Ten football. I don't know. But there is no question he gets some of a win for that. No doubt about it. He does. So now he's kind of re, he's reestablished his own footing as a leader. We were even just talking a little while ago. Amazingly, he went in front of a bunch of people and took a bunch of cockamamie planted questions from fake uncommitted voters for an hour on national TV. And we didn't wake up this morning and thought, oh, no, clean up in aisle nine. What do we, you know what I'm saying? I know. OK, so he's on he's on task. He's on he's on message right now. So as long as he is on message. Then now that does open up for the dementia issue and the issues we talked about with Biden all last winter, before coronavirus came in, before they necromanced him on Super Tuesday, all these issues, the issues that Iowa voters saw when they looked him up close and personal for a year in one of the oldest voting blocks in the process and said, man, I ain't the Uncle Joe I remember. I can't vote for that. You're starting to see all those things come back to the forefront now. Up next, we've got Rickock22, who says, between the Big Ten announcement and today and Middle East Peace Treaty being signed yesterday, POTUS is on a big winning streak. I agree. Um, I mean, I think he obviously gets a lot more credit for the peace agreement than the Big Ten, but he gets some credit for both, no doubt. Not to mention, though, here's the biggest boost it provides. Look at what's being talked about, and then look at what is not. You know, I, I've been telling you all along that I thought you were one, you you were too early on whoever's dumbest last loses. Okay. All right. Uh, that this would be the election for that. Okay. So I believe if we were voting this Tuesday, Donald Trump would win. And I know the ABC News, ironically, the day after they had Trump on last night, put out a poll this morning that had Joe Biden winning Minnesota by 16 points. I'm going to tell you right now, mark the tape. Joe Biden wins Minnesota by 16 points in election night. I'm drinking beer out of my shoe on the show next day. Not happening. That's no, not happening. In fact, the Repu- Donald, the Republicans could not have a candidate. Just a generic Republican candidate. And Joe Biden still would not win Minnesota by 16 points. Still wouldn't happen. Okay. Not happening. Talking about the, the garbage poll conversation we had yesterday. 16 points. Come on, man. Come on. But look at what's being talked about right now and look at what's not. Look at what the left media is being forced to talk about. And yes, they're trying they're trying to poo-poo the peace accords and everything else. But that's fine if you're Donald Trump, because what are you talking about? They're talking about your narrative. You don't mind if CNN's trashing you if you're the Trump campaign, as long as they're doing it in accordance with a narrative that is favorable to you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, totally. It's not about you saying something, you lifting a butt cheek and firing off some xenophobic blast on ABC last night that gets blown way out of proportion and isn't really xenophobic, okay? It's the fact that they're trashing you on your agenda. You're totally cool with that because that means you're winning the argument. Never forget this. Whoever's premise is established in an argument is going to win the argument. Look at the premise of the conversations we're having right now. When can football return? 
when can we go back to the movies? When can the kids go back to school? Can the kids stay in school? When can I go back to work? Whose narrative is that? Whose narrative is that? Is that the Trump or Biden narrative? That's the, well, tr- that's the Trump. Well, narrative. you're asking the questions. I mean, that, that's all Trump. That's all Trump's issues, guys. The Biden people don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about it's not safe to go back to work. It's not safe to go back to school. It's not safe to play sports. Not safe to do these things. Have to be quarantined. That's their agenda. Right now, Trump's narrative is determining what's being talked about, even within media that's trying to stop him from getting reelected. No, and I think it's even more than that. Listen, these are we're talking about peace in the Middle East. These are impossible things. That every president tries. It's like uh, the siren song, and then they crash into the cliffs. And listen, again, it, it would be wrong to take too much credit, but everybody looking at this, is this really happening? Foot, it, all the people that listen to sports radio, it, the Big Ten returning was impossible in Corona Berlin, across the board, locally, national audience. It's happening. And Donald Trump's hand was on that to some degree. And there's just a lot of people who are ultimately about it, even if they want to kid themselves, I'm I'm left, I'm right, or ultimately they're just about, I want to be left alone, I want my normalcy. Steve, you talked about that a long time ago, about, you know, even people on the left, you man, they just, they like their sports too. You know, they're not totally dyed-in-the-wool progressives yet. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, there's a lot of people looking at this and just, it's undeniable. I just see the math in front of my eyes. Things seem to be getting better in in Trump's world when you follow him, and they seem to be burning to the ground if you follow the opposite. Yes. I, you know, I've said throughout the course of, of the last few months that if Donald Trump doesn't win re-election, he will have his decision to essentially cede his presidency over to Anthony Fauci and Debbie Burks for, for an entire quarter of this year. Uh, he'll have that decision to blame, right? Let me go on record right now and tell you what decision the Democrats made that will cost them if they don't end up winning this election. They missed the window to pivot, the window we feared all along, that eventually they would pivot to blaming the economy on Trump. Hey, why'd you ruin the economy that you built up? They never fully did that. They hinted at it a few times, you know, in, in one in, in, in an interview after the uh, Democratic convention, Biden went there. But in that same interview, he was like, I'm, I would shut everything down and have national mask mandate. They ne- they could never break free, just like Trump never broke free fully of Fauci Burks. I mean, Debbie Burks is still on a tour right now. It's just nobody cares. She's telling people in Minnesota, wear a mask in your home, bedazzle your face shield. Just nobody's following and covers this quack because at the end we're like, hey, this was fun in May, but we got to live our lives now. But thank you. Okay. Um, you know, Fauci's out there talking, we got to be in harmony with nature. Okay. It's getting almost no coverage because people are like, yeah, hey, great. Anyway, I got to go to Walmart. Appreciate it. Okay. The Democrats missed the window to pivot and hit Trump from the right on the economy. If they would have done that, he would be in in a very difficult position right this moment politically. But they missed that window, and if they lose on November third, it's going to be because it's going to be because they never broke a free from their own Karens. More in a moment. Back 
Mitch here again for Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. Don't forget to let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And then also on Parlor at Steve Dace. Check out our new YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Steve Dace as well. And then finally, if you are a podcast listener, we love you too. Uh, we just ask a couple of things of you. Uh, one, hit that subscribe button wherever you podcast from if you haven't done that yet. And then two, leave us a five-star review wherever you podcast from if you haven't done that yet either. Because the more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. And we want to say thank you to the scores and multitudes of you that have done those two things for us already. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, it is our weekly profit of woe and lamentation. That's our good friend, Daniel Horowitz. He'll take us inside politics. But before we get there, let's get to part two of Buy, Sell, or Hold. Brought to you by, hey, legalized sports wagering is happening all over the country right now. And football is returning. The Big Ten is officially back. The SEC is coming back in just about a week and a half. The other power conferences have already began as well. You want to make sure to check out my bookie right now for live betting to championship futures. Every play you want to make is waiting to be made at my bookie. It's simple. Make your picks. And if you're good, you win big. Collect cash. Now you got to be good, though. Remember, there's a reason why these guys, the house they say always wins, okay? So make sure you do your homework. You can use the promo code SD and double your first deposit. So if you've got a budget, all right, if you get to play sports wagering, it's the same thing with stocks and bonds or anything else. All right, money management is the key. What do you have to spend on this? Okay, so let's say, hey, you know what? The wife's cleared me for a hundred bucks for the fall. See if I can, you know, end up ahead and we have a better Christmas here uh, come December. I'm just picking that for a nice round number, all right? Then you put that $100 in your account and they will double it for you at MyBookie right now using the promo code SD. Again, MyBookie is where you want to go. Use the promo code SD to double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. That's designed to add even more excitement as well. So mybookie.com is where you need to go and get double on your first deposit with the promo code SD. Aaron. We will go next to some, call me Tim, who says Cutie's backlash will cause Netflix to fold. No way. No, it not. certainly doesn't help. No. But when you're facing a, a business model kind of apocalypse like they could be. Who's going to hold them accountable? Yeah. Dude, Peter Peter Strzok is still on national television, guys. You know, (laughs) I can tell you who's going to win most overrated from me at the Dace Group year-end roundtable is going to be Bill Barr. What does that guy do other than give a speech? Like on anything. Plays the bagpipe. What what does he do? Other than he could... Dude, I agree he gives a great speech, right? I mean, I, I agree with his somber adult tone... He scolds very well. He, 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 you know what's ironic about this is the whole notion of you know all the uh, all you uh, Trump uh, MAGA Trumpistas want to do is own the libs. That all came from like the Bush wing people of the party back during the 2016 primary. Which which wing of the party is Bill Barr from? The, the Bush. Bush wing. Yeah, he's from the Bush wing. Huh. All he does is own the libs. That's all he does. 
That's it. There's been like one arrest from all of this this entire time. So, <laughs> guys, do you think Mitch McConnell's going to hold a vote on Netflix and, and child sexual exploitation for the majority Republican Senate? Do you think that's going to happen? So I know people, scores of you are canceling. Well, they've got 77 million subscribers. So they can lose 20, 30 million of you and still be one of the most powerful media platforms in the country. So sell. I'm selling. It's just a bridge too far. But this, this is like the NFL with me. Uh, if, if it's true and I'm in a wait and see mode, I might cancel Netflix based on this. I, I wanted to see how this... Uh, played out and if any lessons were learned at all if netflix kind of i mean they're never just going to flat out admit oh my god we made a terrible mistake but they might slink away i i don't know uh but if this is like the nfl after one weekend we learned that a lot of people said i'm tired of your nonsense nfl if they're also doing it with this collectively there's a story there so it's it's not in and of itself going to force it to fold that's too far but there's some there there Next, Alexander Rogers says if the NFL's numbers continue to drop precipitously, they will by week eight be running Blue Lives Matter ads during their games and on social media. Oh, bye. Um, I need to look for something really quick before I answer. They've Explain. done this before. They okay. they are this. I mean, last last year or two years ago, they did some version of this. They'll they'll pander both ways when and if they have to. They're that pathetic and shallow. Well, Steve looks um, this okay, up. I got I've got to okay. sell. Okay, I've got to sell because week eight is the weekend right before the election. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, so, I, I, so if you would have said week nine and I looked it up and it was after the election, bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. You see, you're but doing, before the election, there will be no admitting of defeat on this on market down. Mark this down too. Okay. So we've got, wow, three market downs in one show. Market down, number one. Pac-12 will open its season on October 24th. Mark it down, number two. If Joe Biden wins Minnesota by 16 points, like the ABC News poll says today, I'm drinking beer out of my shoe on the show the next day. Mark it down, number three. The NFL will admit no defeat, no restraint on this topic whatsoever between now and the election. No matter what the rating. I mean, it could be down to... How much for one viewer? One rib. They could be down to one rib. One lone person in America... Is watching the NFL. One. One. Just one person. And still they won't admit defeat until after November 3rd. So sell. I doubt this guy was asked. I think he just picked the yeah, number picked, that's yeah, halfway yeah, through. So yeah. I, I, I think it's more in the spirit to say week nine. And so my answer If you just want to say at some point later in yeah. the year, yes, I yes. I will buy. And because you're right. That was a good find by you. They've done this before. But I needed to know when is week That's eight. a good find. Yeah. Uh, little T cells. I love that. Little T cells says, "Very funny." If the current social climate were a rage against the machine song, it would be all of them. <laughs> That's good. I'll take your word for it. I'm not. That's very good. There used to be a guy that used to that some lefty in my in, a, in my Salem radio days. They used to tweet. Is it Tom Morello? Is like the communist oh, yeah, yeah, hat wearing yeah. guy that you know he's not really a communist guy. He he makes millions Charges of dollars. Million, no. Yeah, yeah, okay. But that wore the commie hat. It was the lead guitarist for Rage. Okay, he used to tweet at Tom Morello all the time. I think that was his name, Tom Morello. 
that I was using his their music uh, for my right wing radio show. And please come after me for uh, licensing because I used Wake Up from Rage from the uh, um, Matrix soundtrack for my oh, intro music for years when I was just on terrestrial radio. I'm like, I am impressed at this level of obsession you have. I mean, I mean, the idea that I could so upset you that you have taken time out of your day away from your family, friends, kids, dog, in order to to, to tweet at a guy about a, a music sample for 30 seconds on a show, that's one of the greatest compliments you could give a talk show host like me, okay? But um, I, I kind of would go back to wake up. I'm fine with all of them. I'm totally fine with that. And by the way, if you guys want to know what Rage Against the Machine is, Rage Against the Machine is a band of fake social justice warriors who really don't accomplish anything other than coming up with really cool bumper music for right-wing conservative talk radio hosts. I mean, that's really what they do. But I would I would go back to Wake Up that I think a lot of people have needed to wake up this year. And I think a lot of people have been woken up, to borrow a, a, a mm. phrase in another uh, in, in another context. Would you I, say they're woke now? I, I will tell you, I, I have, I have, I, I tweeted our executive producer, Ricky, earlier today, because we were going back and forth on the mask charade. And I'm like, I'm going to be Alex Jones by Christmas at this rate right now. Okay. I mean, I, I have, <laughs> I have said things with deep abiding conviction. I would not even have joked about even a couple of years ago, man. So I I, th- I would kind of go with wake up, but I like all of them. I mean, it, it kind of taps into my mantra. I hate everybody, right? So I'll buy. Sure. Up next is John Indicott, who says the World Series winner in 2020 will not be one of the division winners. So he's thinking like the Yankees, who probably won't win the division because it looks like the Rays are going to. Right. So he doesn't, mm. so he doesn't think the Dodgers will win it again. I'll sell. I'm going with the division winner this time. I'm there's some I'm gonna sell. I, I I think this is finally the Dodgers year to do it. I mean they've what they've made the postseason six years in a row or something and not won a World Series. And I feel bad because my Tigers, we did this. We made like the postseason like eight out of nine years or something and never won the World Series. So I feel bad I think, for Wobegon fan bases and I think the state of California could really use a, a, a solid about right now. So I think the Dodgers, they're going to win their division, and I think they're going to win the World Series. In a manner of speaking, I understand. Like, there's more there's, there's more non-division winners this year than there obviously sure. ever. So you think sure. the math's in my favor. Yeah. But honestly, you're looking. these. There's some really, really solid division winners, and not, a lot of those teams, whether they're the second-place teams or the wild cards, it's pretty thin. We are like barely 500 baseball teams that are struggling. I, unless one of them gets like red who's hot. Who's the third in, in, a, in a series? Let me channel my Kurt Schilling, uh, that I, what I've learned from him over the years. You don't hit your way to a, a, to a World Series championship, okay? Who's that third starter for the Padres that wins game six against the Dodgers in the NLCS? Do you know who that is? I do not. Exactly. No one knows who that yeah. is. Who's the third starter... Oh, it looks like they may end up winning the division right now. But let's say they don't. Let's say the Twins come back or the Indians. Let's say the White Sox. Who's the third starter for the White Sox that has to win game five of the ALDS against the Rays? Who is that? I don't know. You're getting me nostalgic. Because do you remember when we were kids and we knew the five-man yes. rotation of every team yes. in baseball? Yeah, I, I don't know. know the five-man rotation on my team right now. I don't either. I, I still know the entire pitching staff down to Bill Scherer 
who is the middle reliever, yes. okay? I still know the entire pitching staff for the 1984 Detroit Tigers, and I can give you the batting, not just the lineup, guys, the order. I can give you the batting order of the 1984 Detroit Tigers right now off the top of my head, okay? But I, I couldn't tell you who our what our batting lineup is this year. I couldn't tell you. No. Excuse me. I just choked. Uh, up next is... You okay there? Yes. Right. Josh Peaton, who says, if masks actually worked, they would have been banned like hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> Turn out Someone has been paying attention this yep. year. I mean, did you guys hear Redfield say, I cannot wait to get Daniel's reaction to this? He's going to lose it. When I just ask him, hey, what do you think of Redfield saying today that masks are going to defend him against coronavirus better than the vaccine will? It, it's so amazing. doesn't speak well for the vaccine then, does it? Because it's, we just read a letter that he sent a U.S. senator not a month ago yeah. saying that masks don't really protect the wearer. Wasn't the whole point of the mask? We all admit the masks don't protect the wearer. It's to stop you when you sneeze and cough from giving it to other people. Isn't that what we were told for the last three months? It's a fluid situation, Steve. Furthermore, yes. if you now are this bullish on masks, how is anything locked down? I, that was, I've been saying that for months. Fill the stadiums. I, did I not say in June, yep. we'll make you an offer. Here's the offer. We will agree to wear masks as a society. We'll have a national mask mandate for the month of July, but then open everything up. If the masks work, then let's get back to being America, right? Yeah. Didn't I say this three months ago? Didn't I say in March, instead of shutdowns, why don't we just wear masks? They told me the mask didn't work in March. So we had to shut down. When they say it's a fluid situation, it just means whatever we need to say at this moment is what the situation is. That's what it means. Okay? So now the world's largest uh, vaccine maker tells you they won't be able to have something before 2024. Redfield went up there and said, we're going to have enough vaccines by the end of next year to get back to normal life, is what he just said. I got to tell you, again, <laughs> I cannot believe I'm going to say this, man. Is this crazy lead pipe lock number four? <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. I'm not really anxious to take a vaccine from the people that lied to me about hydroxychloroquine for a year and are lying right now about masks. Sorry, not sorry. Okay? Uh, forgive me, but I'm going to need a second opinion. See what I did there? Huh? I'm going to need a, I'm going to kind of need a, a second, maybe a third and a fourth and a fifth. Okay? I'll tell you, here's, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll make you the offer right now. I think this is, I, this is me meeting you halfway, Dr. Redfield. I'm going to wait for my local Hy-Vee to put a sign up in the parking lot that says, now with the more, in, with the improved, more reliable COVID-19 vaccine. When we get to that one, when I see that sign, which I see right now in their parking lot for the shingles vaccine, we now have the more reliable shingles vaccine, which means we were injecting you with an unreliable one last year. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to wait for the more reliable COVID-19 vaccine. I think that's only fair, don't you guys? I think it's only fair. I'm going to wait for the more reliable one. I think it's only fair. 
Stay inside and await further instructions, Steve. Yes. Up next, Marshall Longworth says, even if the Big Ten champ is eligible for the playoff, the four teams will still be Clemson, Alabama, LSU, and the Big 12 champ. Sell. Uh, I'm going to sell. LSU's toast, guys. I've never seen a roster more decimated in my in my fandom in college, not without like an SMU, like death penalty major. I mean, you lose both coordinators, you lose 16 starters. Um, that roster is decimated. They're not going to be in the playoff. So, so next is Eric charter who says PAC 12 will join big 10 in deciding to play football, causing the Corona bros to declare that all is lost. The cor- I'm going to buy, cause I already made this prediction earlier, but the Corona bros are already done. The big, the Corona Bros know they're not. The Corona Bros aren't going to fight over the Pac-12, guys. All right, that's like fighting over who's your favorite member of the Jackson family, Tito or Latoya. No one's doing that, okay? The Pac-12 is just like there is no, there's no trophy there. The 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 Big Ten was the trophy. They they well the whole sport was, but then the Big Ten was the last trophy they had left. They're not going down. That's the precious. Schmeagle doesn't kill somebody for the Pac-12. That, that's not happening. All right? you, don't, you don't golem yourself for the Pac-12. They're not doing that. They lost. Okay? And I hope someone, I really hope, if you know Dan Wilkin, the chief college football writer at the USA Today, can you do America a favor? Can you check on him today? If you know Dan Wilkin, can you check on him? Can you make sure he's okay today? Because he's having a tough day today dan wilkins that guy that just talking to him lowers your sperm count like your wife tells you when you head into work i'm ovulating tonight whatever you do don't stop at that dan wilkin guy's cubicle and talk to him i i you know we've been trying long enough here we need a conception okay dan wilkin just irradiates sperm counts like reading his tweets don't read his tweets don't read his columns if he had a nickname it would be impetacy that's what he causes, okay? Amoebas called single-celled organisms and said, the guy needs some balls, okay? So somebody check, have I sufficiently buried him? Or is there, I could, believe me, I've got more gas in the tank. I'll definitely mean more time in other days. Don't waste <laughs> okay. it all now. All right, um, but check on Dan Wilkin today. If you know that poor man, the sports, uh, the, the, the chief college football writer at USA Today, tough day for him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a goodbye, cruel world tweet from him at some point later today. Tough day. I'm selling on this. I know Eric. You'd like him. He. Uh, he I know th- Eric. Yeah. He thinks he from thinks- back in the day. It's who I remember from back in the oh, day. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Well, that I didn't know. But he's. Uh, I, I'm, just, I'm going back to the beginning because, as you know, I was out front. I, I, the possibility of college football deciding not to play. I thought it was there all along just because things have gotten that dumb. And then once they quit, I also, because of how they handled it in the Big Ten was so awful, I also thought about it was very possible and if not likely that they would come back. But I'm going to stay true. The Pac-12, you are right on every single metric of why they should be back, as is Eric. But I'm just going to hold on and say they won't just because the dumb needs to win. Uh, ben Castalis says John MacArthur will be publicly arrested for holding indoor church services before November. If that happens, that's a, that, that's a Chick-fil-A moment. That, yeah. That's your Chick-fil-A moment of the 2020 campaign. And unlike Mitt Romney in 2012, 
I mean, Donald Trump will issue a, a full pardon in 10 minutes. I mean, he'll, he'll play that moment up for all that it's worth. That's why I'm going to sell. I think that um, that's far more likely to happen. That's the, that's the same just inverted from what I said earlier about the NFL. I think that's far more likely to happen the Sunday after the election than any of the Sundays beforehand. Yeah, I'll sell too. Was there one ball that we went by? Because I recognize the name too. We're getting a lot of local fans asking questions. Oh, I, I think I accidentally skipped it. Unfortunately, the way that I have it set up right now, I can't really go back uh, oh, at this no. at this moment. Um, actually, we will. I can't, it's Samantha. Samantha is her name. Um, she said her, the general gist of her her submission was Gen Z. Uh, will be the worst with all of the inculcating during their first years of preparing for mass shooters in schools. And now this where they're looking at everybody as a vector for the virus. Buy, sell, or hold. I I agree. That's also why I don't believe you'll wear the mask into perpetuity. Because when I go out in public, I don't know what you guys see. The younger you are, the more inclined you are to be wearing masks everywhere that you don't have to. Okay? Um, I, I don't see a lot of the elderly people wearing masks, except in the places where you have to. Uh, I think, and, and so I think the young people are doing that now. It's, it's chic, it's popular, it, it shows a certain, in, in, their, in their generation, uh, uh, a certain form of uh, virtue and empathy and enlightenment. And then after a while, they're going to be like, I, you know, we, I, I, we got to move on and, and have our lives. Because that's always what happens with the virtue signaling. After a while, that was great, you know, got our ratio, but I'm going to go on with the rest of my life. Thank you. Bye. Uh, next is Stephen Grant, who says the Lions won't make the playoffs this season and they won't be able to get one win in their division. Um, the analytical. Well, I, mean, I could fans. buy that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could buy that. Okay. I'm just telling you guys right now. OK. I probably I, you know what? I put too many locks down already today. But you're going to um, let that but, stop but, you. But, but, but man, if you were thinking of going to my bookie. That. Packers by six over the Lions on Sunday is a tasty friggin' morsel. I mean, half of Detroit's best players aren't even practicing today because of various injuries. And then you have just a complete and total nut punch of a loss, shut it all down. I don't know, man. I'd be looking at that puppy. This is the darkest magic I've ever seen I mean, if you were, you gave yourself the, even you. That I mean, this, I wouldn't bet my that, house, but I might bet somebody yeah. else's on it. Yeah. But this is the year because it's the weird year that you, that you picked yep. them as the conference champions. I no, mean, the division champions. Excuse me, the, yeah. the, not the, the division champions. Because here's why. It would be the Lions thing to do to finally get a home playoff game in, in, when, in this stadium that they have not had one yet. Yes. When but no in the year that watch. they can't have any fans. That would be like, that's yes, as on brand as the Lions exactly. could get. Okay. But then they even they even went on on, on Brandeur yes. more by blowing a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter to a quarterback that if it were not for Matt Patricia and the Lions would be out of the NFL. Consider this. In three years against Matt Patricia and the Lions, uh, I believe he has 12 touchdown passes and two interceptions. Look at those numbers for Trubisky against every other team in the league. He would conceivably be out of the NFL right now if not for Matt Patricia and the Lions. So... They even went even more on brand. Blow a 17-point lead to the worst starting quarterback in the National Football League. So, 
it's already the season's already over there. It's already over there. I think they'll start 0-5 if you look at their early schedule, and he'll be the coach will be fired at the bye week. And they'll start all over again. I could see Stafford traded in the offseason. Um, and, you know, uh, let the Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence era begin. There is some, you know, you, you think about the making uh, a pro team that first time you put on the uniform, the like little kid magic you must feel. I, every lion must put on that uniform for the first time and just think like, dear God, what have I done? Folks, what? Jamie Collins has been one of the smartest, most productive players in the NFL for eight or nine years. Quintessential Bill Belichick player. Been a star linebacker for the Patriots on several Super Bowl teams. Gets brought over to the Lions. Gets a massive contract. His old defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, who made Jamie Collins a star player, okay, for the Patriots. Brings him over here to be that kind of, you know, Swiss Army knife linebacker for Detroit. His very first series in a Lions uniform. Considered one of the smartest, most upstanding leaders in the NFL. Headbutts the official and gets thrown out of the game. We once had a linebacker named Stephen Tolick. You should remember this because it happened against your team. Who sacked Aaron Rodgers, got up to do the discount double check dance to taunt him because he was doing those ads at the time. Oh, I remember Blew this. out his ACL. Yeah. <laughs> and was lost for the season. Okay, I'm the opposite. Did, did you know what? Did you know what the NFL catch rule was before Calvin Johnson and the and the Lions? Nope. Yeah. No. The Detroit Lions exist to perform two functions in the National Football League: the nut punching of their own fans, number one, and number two, the clarifying of obscure rules. Apparently, if you go to a referee and say, hey, this guy headbutted me and you touch the ref that is counted as a headbutt and you are instantly ejected. I didn't know that. Now, you know, Okay, I mean, the stuff that goes on with this franchise and I've seen it all for going on 36 years now. I I, I, it's it is cosmic cosmic. I didn't believe it goes on. When we. I didn't believe it. You were just over exaggerating. Your team sucks. You needed. Uh, I have. I'm not superstitious in any way, and I'm a baseball guy, and that's where super. I, I, I've always rejected. There's there's some something going on here, and it's dark and ugly. The night we sat here on our old Salem show against your team. Oh, I know. I watched it, and they were about to throw the hail mary pass, and I looked at you before we went back on yeah, the air, and I said, that, "They're going to catch this pass. I promise you." And I wasn't like, "It wasn't." Was I whining? No. Was I like, no. was I doing the fan self-loathing? I looked at you like with like it just cold-blooded and it's coming, right? Right? Oh yeah. And you looked at me and said, no way, man. You you didn't even do it like that. You were like at your computer like, um, they're going to score right now. I just. I... We get back on the air. As we come back on the air, we restart the show. Your tight end guy, Richard Rogers, I think was his name, caught the Aaron Rodgers Hail and Mary pass. <laughs> was I mad? Oh, no. I was I knew it was coming flipping out because I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was. Yeah. It's like the one ring. It's it's crazy. Uh, moving on, Travis says, buy, sell, or hold. Michigan finally wins the Big Ten, and everyone says it's illegitimate because, of course, we would be winning during a pandemic-shortened season. No shot, sell. Uh, 
they're, you're going to watch next year's Michigan team this year. Uh, all five starters in the offensive line are new. First time starting quarterback. Now, next year they're going to be loaded when they bring all these guys back with another Jim Harbaugh recruiting class. But no, this is this is going to be a little bit like 2017 where they were just really young everywhere. So no, not going to happen. Well, the, it, would, it would require like Justin Fields gets like a, a positive test and has to sit three weeks according to the Big Ten. Something like that. So I... And that could happen in this year, right? So I don't want to say no chance. But I think it would require something like that. I think you're going to see a Michigan team that's probably going to, in, in their eight, if they get to nine games without any opt-out of, of teams that can't play, uh, my guess would be like a six and three, five and four kind of a team this year. Yeah, so. Next is conservative Husker 76 who says the NCAA will expand the basketball tournament to 70 plus teams to make up for the lost money of canceling last year. Bye. Yeah, I, I agree. Really? They will add a round. Really? I agree. First of all, what I would do is make the tournament 128 teams every year and get rid of the NIT. But I'd make it that every regular season and conference tournament team gets in. So every given year, we don't know how many at-large berths there are. It's played out in real time. And it puts great value on the regular season at the same time. I would do that. For but money. this year, I agree they will expand yeah. it this year. Buy for, for money reasons, yeah. Daniel Horowitz will take us inside politics here in a moment. Stay tuned. trying to sell your home is challenging in any environment, particularly the uncertainty of the market we have today. That's why you're going to want to find a real estate agent that you know is going to come in, take charge, go all in for you when you're going in, but that you can also trust. Now, where would you find that kind of an agent? Well, the name kind of says it all. Go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Why are the agents there? Well, because they have open themselves up to be vetted. They've been transparent about their record. It's been fully vetted. And if it wasn't, they wouldn't get listed. I mean, this is hard to do as an individual customer. You're not going to have too many agents that are going to just flat out tell you, I've got a bad work ethic. I have no creativity other than let's do another open house. You're not going to, you know, if I can't see your home in a couple of weeks, I'm going to move on because I got bills to pay. I'm just not going to tell you that. But I got to just say that on their sites or text that to you openly. So how do you weed out the people who think that way? You go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, the name kind of says it all. Head to the website realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's bring in our good friend and our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Hey, we're doing all right, Steve. The stupid keeps getting stupider, but we're here to live the tale. All right, man. I, I cannot wait. I've been waiting all morning to say this to you live on the air and just get your reaction, okay? So better live up to my own internal hype. CDC Director Robert Redfield went to Congress today and said that masks will do a better job of protecting him from coronavirus than the coming vaccine will. The floor is yours. Steve, the CDC director is an anti-vaxxer. I mean, here here we have, we were told for years that, I mean, anti-vaxxers need to be locked up. I mean, the CDC director is telling us that vaccines don't work. Um, here we are, where we have had not a single human being in central Maryland, where I live, that I've ever seen since April not wearing a mask indoors and even a lot of them outdoors. And yet we have cases rampant in the schools and the businesses, churches, everywhere. Everyone's got it. We got Peru 
and the Philippines, where they were essentially uh, threatened at least with jail time and in the Philippines threatened to be shot for not wearing it. According to New York Times, they have a greater degree of mass compliance than anywhere in the world. It's spread exponentially and it's still spreading. In Israel, it's spreading supposedly out of control that they have to go back into the first lockdown that didn't work, but they're going to do it again because they had a mass mandate that was supposed to prevent it but didn't, so they need another lockdown. So what Redfield is essentially saying now is that vaccines don't help. They said we need to lock down until we get a vaccine. In people's mind, that meant until it's essentially eradicated <coughs> right. or you know, it's it's kept under check. Well, now I guess this is what a vaccine, I mean, this is what better than a vaccine looks like. So, I mean, they're telling us we have more cases than ever. The cases are everywhere. Um, Steve, he actually said it while he was touching the inside and outside of his mask, which he took off an unsterilized table, which presumably he plans to put back on his face when he leaves the Senate appropriations hearing, or if he already left it uh, with that goofy looking thing. Steve, this is the judgment of the judges. This is when the top public health experts are more insane. They know less about any given subject matter that they're supposed to be an expert in than the average layman. It's just like you talked about earlier this week, and I, I apologize, I didn't catch all of it yet. I caught the beginning of your monologue on polls, where you could come out with a poll and say that only 5% of the electorate is independent. Mm -hmm. It's a similar thing. Like, if you want to tell me, you know, well, Daniel, you know, it's a little bit less than you think, or in the case of mass. Well, you know, we, we didn't think it worked, but but here's why maybe in certain circumstances, maybe a little bit more effectual than we thought. So maybe it's worth giving it a shot. It's like this thing is the greatest thing ever alive. It's better than a vaccine. I mean, dude, like even even the dumbest person alive couldn't believe that. And then one other thing also, I don't know if you caught this. It's not just the vaccine comment. What he said was my mask helps me better than a vaccine. So now we were told until now, exactly. and don't, don't ask me the science yep. behind it because the, the opposite makes sense. But somehow it, it doesn't protect you from not getting the molecules uh, floating in the air, but somehow prevents me from blowing it out, even with tremendous velocity. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. But, but that's what they were saying. Um, now he's saying that, hey, I got my protection. So look, you know. P people like you and me, Steve, are, are stupid. We're suicidal. We want to die. So, well, you know, it, it doesn't affect him. But he has his protection that is better than a vaccine. It's like saying that if I don't get a vaccine, that affects him, even though he got a vaccine. Well, it's it's why I, you know, I work next to a guy every day who's an anti-vaxxer. Okay. You know why I'm not paranoid about it? I've worked, I've let him work next to me for the last five years. I think I've had one sick day in five years. Okay. Do you know why I'm not paranoid about Todd's anti-vax beliefs? And I'm not, you know, like militant vaccination. I, I didn't give my kids like all 79 that the doctors demanded, but the basic ones that I got as a kid, my kids have had all that. I had to go do a, I, I decided to do a mission trip in Haiti a few years ago to go to that country at that time. I, State Department regulations. I had to have uh, under Obama, all my vaccinations, immunizations, updated boosters and everything. Otherwise they weren't going to let me back in the country. So I did all that. Okay. But you know why I'm not paranoid about, uh, you know, Bob, or, or Todd's uh, uh, beliefs, uh, Ricky Lake uh, beliefs on vaccinations. Do you know why I'm not paranoid about that? Can you guess why I'm not? 
because I've got vaccinations. And, yeah. yeah. See, that's why I'm not, that's why I was perfectly fine holding kids in the poorest country in our hemisphere, Haiti, holding poor little orphans because I'm vaccinated. If, if that was a problem, then why the hell are you injecting me with a vaccine? You know, you understand what I'm trying to say? Same, doesn't the same thing apply here? If we're now going to say the masks do help to wear, then why is everybody, then why do you care if I'm not wearing one that? If they're helping you, then you're good to go then, right? It, it either helps you or it, when they, when I've determined fluid situation means we just say, it, it, we get to say whatever we want to say at the time we need to say it. That's what fluid situation means. But, but now they feel they could say the sky is, is pink. They could just look at us. See, until now, they played this game of, well, it could have been worse. And, you know, if you show it spreading in the Philippines and Peru and Hawaii and Israel, whatever, they'll say, well, uh, you know, it would have been worse, uh, something like that. But if you're going to tell me it's better than a vaccine, then how could that spread that magnitude exactly. exist months after wearing it? But moreover than that, CDC already let the cat out of the bag just in a little more subtle way. They had they have it in terms of their guidance that if you are exposed to someone, meaning you are you know maybe indoors with them for a certain period of time that tested positive, even if both of you were wearing masks, you have to quarantine. But again, if 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 they have a vaccine. <laughs> or I have a vaccine, or we both have a vaccine, better than a vaccine, how do I have to quarantine? I mean, this is the type of thing that they feel they can get away with after that same outlet said that 10 randomized uh, controlled uh, studies said that there is no uh, detection or meaningful detection of of a slowing of the spread of influenza. I mean... Why were we wearing is, masks every cold and flu season then for the last 30 years? Why haven't we been doing that? Well, Steve, be careful with that because I, I think that's where they're, they actually are headed. Yeah, with I know. Um, they're going to try to retcon that, yes, and, and reverse engineer it. I agree. They're using everything yeah. we ever said against us. Yes. So now we were like, yeah, you know, it's kind of like a pandemic flu. And they're like, you're a Holocaust denier. And now they're saying, well, yeah, you know, you need to be doing this for the flu season. You got the flu, you got COVID. That's a perfect bomb. But again, according to what they told us to the beginning to begin with, that's like saying like a paper cut together with stage four pancreatic cancer creates the perfect bomb. I mean, the, the, they call it a twindemic. Well, how, how does one compare to another on any magnitude? Why, why is the NFL demanding that everybody on the sidelines wear a mask when they've all tested negative? What would they give each other if none of them have it? Do you know? Oh man, well I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I mean what, uh, what, 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 if, if none of them have it, then what would they give to each other? Well, well, you know what? Actually, I do have an answer for that, but it's not what they're thinking of. To be fair, I have a growing theory, Steve, and I think we're going to see this in the coming weeks if, if if it's not already true, that this virus is going to transmogrify into a cold, a seasonal cold. Now. I don't think most vaccines work for seasonal colds. Now, define what you mean by that. What, what I hear you saying is that after its initial push against the population, and in order to, because remember, the number one thing any virus wants to do is a, it's a, a virus is a survival mechanism. That's what it wants to do. It, 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 the virus wants to survive, right? So after what you're saying, I under, if I understand you properly, is, now, is once it's made its initial push encroachment into a population, and then the immunity in that population begins to push back, is that it mutates into a place where it can continue to sustain itself. Like, think of a virus like a bureaucracy. It just wants to sustain itself no matter what the cost. Is that what I hear you saying? Exactly. No, even if it's bad for its business. And basically what's bad for business is to kill people. 
see, if you kill people, you can't spread from dead bodies. Who transmits viruses right. better? Right. Live moving people. So you have to the, – the, the more it becomes transmissible, that means by definition the more it attenuates, which is why things that are really bad like Ebola, which could have a 30, 40 percent uh, fatality rate, uh, they're kind of rare and hard to transmit. Um, likewise, God doesn't uh, give us a virus with a 30 to 40 percent kill rate that spreads like a flu and then certainly like a cold. And the more uncontrollable it is, the, the, the weaker it is. So what they're doing is they're taking the initial panic of the New York and Lombardi hospitals and they're plugging it into today's transmissions like now we're all going to die. Mm -hmm. We're all getting it. But that's the point. That's why we're seeing everywhere. There's no hospitalizations. They actually have the um, people in the hospital with COVID-like illness, um, which, and again, a lot of that is a cough and a fever. It could be subclinical, but they're coming in because they're scared, is 1.6% of all uh, ER visits at this point. I mean... That's the lowest. They've now, they've started, CDC has started uh, retroactively applying COVID-like symptoms into its data to last fall. So if you go back to... It was to, higher last fall. Yeah, it's this is the lowest it's been since November of 2019 by their own data before we even recognize that the virus even arrived. You can't, so this, you can't make this, this stuff the, up, guys. You can't make this up. Yeah. So, Steve, this is the problem now. They're mixing and matching from a different dynamic. And, and this is why, look, I have no proof. I'm just spitballing here. But we were certain, and we've had about 15 different studies, especially the one in Iceland, show that there is no child transmission of COVID. Now, all those were pretty much studied around March and April. I can't vouch, not that I necessarily think it's changed, but it wouldn't surprise me, Steve, if rules like that wind up changing because it's a cold. Yeah, because I it mean, mutates, which, which, by the way, what is one of the common manifestations of the, of the coronavirus family of viruses? What is it? A cold. Well, that's cold. It, it, they, so H it's already, it, this is a family of viruses that has already undergone the kind of, in other manifestations, the, the very uh, evol yep. or evolution or mutation that you're predicting. It's already done that well, before. Th there's evidence that um, HCOV OC43, so it's believed to be the most common of the four existing known uh, human coronavirus colds, that it began as the 1889, I guess, Russian flu, they call it, uh, epidemic. And then it kind of went around. And guess what? It's, uh, it, it's here 130 years later. And you know what, Steve? It does kill. It does yeah. kill. Um, they found in British Columbia during SARS-1 when they thought it was SARS-1 killing them. The PCR tests were really wrong. It was HCOV OC43, which is a coronavirus cold, which wouldn't surprise me if a lot of the SARS-CoV-2 PCR tests are picking that up as well. It is around. Um, it does kill people whose time pretty much is to go, and that's God's method, the angel of death, of, of, of getting them. But, Steve, I, I honestly think and watch for it. We are no longer at the level of flu panic. I think it's the level of cold panic. I see it in my neighborhood, in my community, with the schools, um, with the weather getting colder. Almost everyone gets some sort of a sore throat when the weather suddenly changes, as it has done on the East Coast uh, in September. And a sore throat is now, it's the bubonic plague. I mean, I, I don't know how you get around that. And I think that'll be fascinating to see how that gets navigated with the schools and everything else. This winter, I, I especially with uh, the the testing problems you already have. Good stuff, as always, my friend. Good to see you. God bless. Take care. You bet.
hey, you know, one of the reasons we take so many supplements nowadays is because a lot of the good stuff that we need in our food has been sterilized, taken out, so it will last a long time on the shelves and not spoil and go bad. That means a lot of the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, pre, probiotics, etc., gone. That's why we take supplements to put that stuff back into our health. Same thing happens with a lot of our pets' food as well. That's where Rough Greens Vitasmart comes in. It's not a dog food, but a dog food supplement that you mix in with the food your dog already loves to put all the good stuff that they need the most back in. And apparently it tastes great and will make them love the food they already love even more. If you want to try it right now, the 14-day Jumpstart bag is just $14.95 to see if you don't see a difference in your dog in two weeks or less. Just go to roughgreens.com slash blaze, R-U-F-F, that's how to spell it, roughgreens.com slash blaze. Gentlemen, any final thoughts as we close it out here on a Wednesday? You know, we've had a conversation before about when you go to law school, you actually don't take a class on the constitution you just study what other people say about it. yeah i think in med school the same is true about just the fundamentals of medicine that we've long known the scott atlas factor mm-hmm. I, I think it's the exact same problem there i think there's just all kinds of experts who know nothing of the basics and to echo what Daniel was saying, um, uh, British Columbia, that, uh, you know, they, they, they thought it was SARS, the first SARS, and it was actually a, a cold variant. Well, that's exactly what Dr. John Ioannidis said back in, uh, I think it was March 16th, March 17th, around that time in Stat News, that some coronaviruses have been known to kill upwards of 8% of nursing home populations. Guys, so we, we keep, how many times can we keep saying the same thing, keep making the same arguments um, that we've, we've known basically everything, everything there is to know, uh, generally speaking, about the fundamentals, again, of this virus as it relates to everything we've known throughout, throughout the studying of, of this type of virus and other pandemics and viruses as well. Uh, and we've just ignored all of that because there is an election. What Daniel is saying is he is concerned that in real time, you're going to see the virus mutate itself down to a cold in order to survive in the long run against our efforts to eradicate it. And in the midst of that evolutionary process or mutation process, we're going to have a whole bunch of people testing positive for this and quarantining stuff and shutting schools down and shutting buildings down while the virus is in the process of actually lowering its guns to some extent in order to guarantee its long-term survival. That's what he is concerned about. And well, I they're think doing that's it in a, Iowa. A hot spot, yeah, it yeah, isn't. I think that's a legitimate concern. Absolutely. I, in fact, I would count on it happening, actually. Unfortunately. All right, we're going to stick around to the overtime. For the rest of you, back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.